0: I'm Anna Parker. And I'm Miriam Chancellor. Welcome to Big Mistake, the podcast that unpacks the failures and mistakes
1: of top professionals. So to make us, and hopefully you, feel better about the mistakes we all make in our careers and lives, we'll be talking with high performers to understand the behind the scenes and less glamorous moments of the business world. This is an episode on the origins of Big Mistake and the origins of... Anna and Miriam. So, Anna, how did this come to be? Well, firstly, how did you and I meet?
0: Do we tell the story? I really want to tell the story.
1: Okay. Oh, are we going to start? Yeah, we'll start there. That's a good place to start. Okay. So, I was
0: a I was at Toastmasters, and I was your mentor at Toastmasters
1: when you joined. Correct. So I signed up to Toastmasters at a, as a young eighteen-year-old, still at university. And when I join, I get assigned Anna as my mentor. She's there for about two meetings, two Toastmasters meetings, and then she never comes back.
0: You were barely there. Stop. I was there for five years. Oh, yeah, prior. Yeah, yeah five yeah. years of commitment yeah, to then,
1: Toastmasters, thank you. But then you had such a... Uh... I was there for more than two meetings yeah oh, year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's where we met. So that's why Anna takes full responsibility for what I do now professionally uh, because she was assigned my mentor when I first joined Toastmasters. Taught you everything in there. Taught me everything I knew. And then we went on a bit of hiatus. We didn't have much to do each other after that when you took a break from Toastmasters. But then we somehow reconnected. When did that happen? Just before you launched. Just before I launched. Your business. Ah, yes. So Naked Audience. So then we reconnected. You were a person that I consulted in the early stages of starting Naked Audience and got input on. That was three and a half years ago. We've continued to be good friends since then. And then was it about six months ago that I think I just, actually, I'll tell you what it was. I was interviewed on a podcast that had two interviewers. And in doing that, I was like, wow, this dynamic really works, where it's two people and one interviewee. And that got me thinking, well, I toyed with the idea of doing a podcast for a while, but then I thought, doing this two interviewers style, it really works, so who would I do it with? And Anna came to mind. And I remember, and I do have a tendency to be quite hasty in my decision-making, and I come up with an idea and want to execute it straight away without thinking things through, and I immediately messaged Anna, and I said, "What do you think? Should we start a podcast?" And you came back all of about twenty seconds later and said, "Yes, I'm in." Absolutely, I'm still waiting for the confession where you say I was tenth on the list or something. You had this idea, <laughs> you had this idea of a
0: podcast. You went for everyone else yeah. and thought, "Yeah, I know, I'll do it."
1: Yeah, but I think where it f- happens. So I do appreciate that I was oh, first. Yes, yes, you and were. Th- and no one's going to come out of the woodwork. No one will come out of the woodwork. <laughs> I. I think I was thinking about, you know, who do you, who do I have that's I have a spark with that I think is good good we have good conversations together and that was that was you. So, I think shortly afterwards I came around, we sat in your lounge and brainstormed, okay, what are we going to do this thing on?
0: And I said that the only way I would want to do a podcast is if we talked about how messy and imperfect life is. Um I have this thing that perfection is an illusion and everything you see on social media or when people are successful it's been built on a lot of risks and failures and things that have gone wrong and things that every day go wrong and Um, I wanted to kind of change the story around what people see and perceive someone to be and actually understand that there's so much more depth and fabric to a business and a person and how that is made up. And you only get that from having those
1: very raw, open conversations. So when that idea came forward, I think we both instantly knew that's it. That was the theme. That was the theme. And then we had to decide on the name. Yes, we had to decide on the name. And so many names yeah. what went around. Some of the, what were some of the ones? I don't know. We probably uh, should. We should find them. We'll, we'll find them and then yeah. put them on Instagram page. I think some of them yeah gosh it's funny how you just forget there were just so we...
0: many we'd have loads of messages back and forth mm. and i would say no you would say no and we'd just veto all of them yes. or we would come across a name we liked and then it was out there in the world there was another podcast a book or something i love how every time you think of a name you think it's original and then you look it up and yeah. think oh someone else has got it and it's not original at all and so i was walking um and sharing with a friend what we were doing in the podcast and i said that we were stuck on a name and I couldn't, you know, I ran through some options with him. And then he said, um, oh, big mistake. And I said, big mistake It's perfect. And what happened was I messaged Miriam instantly and said, big mistake. But you, it just got lost in the ether of all our messages. I think so. And then we had this event, um, one of your reunion events. And I remember saying the video is actually on the Instagram page. I remember saying, oh, you didn't like the name. then, I loved the name big mistake and you said no oh, I love the name yeah, that's yeah. it and then we actually got to celebrate the name together in real yeah. time because that was when Miriam uh, understood and, and loved the name big mistake yeah when
1: i came across it what felt like for the first time so and and surprisingly i've done a little google i haven't found no. there's nothing no no other podcasts nope. uh, no other so real sources that i've found yeah, that have thought, got the same name so it's <laughs> we got really lucky it's pretty amazing it's a no brainer and and didn't you love i sent you the other day there's that there are that scene from pretty woman where she walks into the store and she's just been shopping and initially these she walks into a very expensive store with these women that have their noses in the air and they're clearly very judgmental when she walks in because she's wearing all her hooker gear and they insinuate that she leaves and then she goes to another store spins up large come back comes back to the store and says that their banishing banishment of her out of the store was a big mistake and I watched it the other day and I was like oh that is so good it's it's, it's it is a saying that people use and people can relate to it and it sounds conversational it sounds like you would share you'd say to a friend oh yeah that that Guy I went on a date with was a big mistake, or that uh, judgment call I made at work was a big mistake. It's just something we say, mm. and it's so it just rolls off the tongue. So yeah, we are thrilled with the name.
0: Decided on the name, and then we were straight away having a photo shoot. So again, you were hosting another event, and you always have a photographer that follows in your wake. And so you <laughs> said said to me, "Come along, dress um, not in." Print. Print. Yeah. So plain coloured, yeah. which I did. And we just happened to be black and white, which yeah, worked it perfectly. Worked. No discussion. I just knew it had to be a plain yeah. colour. Have this photo shoot. And then we're done, really. We're photo done.
1: shoot. And then we... Oh, the, the designer. Designer. That yeah. was another lovely thing. So, so that it, was an amazing mm, thing that came to me. Be, because we were out to dinner together with this big group of people. And there was a, there was a couple there... Give them credit,
0: because what they did is amazing. Yeah,
1: Ryan and Annalise from Pink Digital, we were speaking to them and telling them about the podcast, and Anna and I had quite conflicting ideas about what we wanted the branding to look like for the podcast.
0: Oh, I just remembered. You 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 had terrible taste, and I was so shocked, because normally everything you do has a level of tastefulness and class and sophistication, and I thought that the one thing we wouldn't have an argument about would be the branding. I know. And then you show this. It was garish. Yeah, really, pink and, and bold, like... Not in a good way at I all. Know. Honestly, and we need to find it and put it again on the Instagram I'm page because it was bad.
1: I'm happy to. And I instantly disliked it. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to, and I'm I'm very comfortable for you to say that because, but it was it was intentionally garish. Like mm, this was the thing. Right. It was, it was, it was. Anyway, that's beside the point. You can put that on the Instagram. But to so we're having point, this
0: intense discussion around yeah. this, and then
1: suddenly, yes, yeah. Ryan and Annalise they chime in. They share with us that, and I think this is the only the first. Time you met them, possibly the first or second time I met them, and they share with us. They said, "Hey, why don't you just email me? Let us know what your vision is. We've got an amazing designer, Sam. She'll take care of it for you." And that's what we did. And she was like, "We won't charge you for it," which is just so kind. Great friends, and they put the final design together. Loved it. And after a couple of tweakings, we landed on it, and. There we are, big mistake. So it's amazing how I think the lesson, getting professionals involved. Oh at, yeah, One, early getting stage. Getting what professionals involved early on, but also just starting. You've just because I think if we had thought about when we were first sitting on that couch brainstorming the theme of the podcast, I don't know if we'd spoken about well, what are we going to do for branding. What are, what's the look going to be like? How are we going to get the publicity? How are we going to market it? Who are we going to talk to? It's very overwhelming, but I think if you just focus on one step at a time agree. and things just naturally fell into place. So it's amazing how it's all worked out. And also I think out. because you
0: and I are very good at executing as well, So we can have big ideas and dreams and all of this, but ultimately we can execute on something and having both of us with that momentum, it does make a difference because you're not dragging the other person along. It's actually someone saying, oh, I've got this guest in mind. Oh, I'm interviewing that person. Oh, I'll start doing a newsletter. I'll run the editing. It all just happened and it's just been working
1: really well together as a team. Now the plot twist is that I am heading off to Europe next week. So I've just spent the last half an hour Miriam just dropped the mic. Uh, yeah, about, about the country Anna, it's all on you Yeah, so I've just given Anna an a, a education on how to edit the episodes So if they sound really bad from now on Send the feedback in yeah, yeah. So, It won't anyway, be forever we'll, have, we'll probably be doing something a little bit different while I'm away But we will keep the, the, the episodes coming So do continue to tune in It might just be a little bit of a different format to usual
0: And then you discover a song
1: Oh, the music The music Yeah, yeah, so we're so that's right, and we thought to ourselves, it would be so nice to so have. So you were playing the song. How did the song come about? Yeah. So, yeah. so I love jazz. I'm I'm a pianist by training. So I've had training. I trained as a classical pianist, but these days I listen and play a lot of jazz. So all most of what I listen to is jazz. I have a playlist called The Ultimate Jazzy Numbers. And one of my favorite songs on that playlist is I Wish I Knew How by Nina Simone. And you were and I were in the car together and that song came on. And this was post coming up with the idea of mm. the podcast. And I said, Anna, I just love this song. Have a listen. And you instantly liked it as well. And you said... That should be our song for the podcast. The intro song. So then there was this bit of to and froing as to how we do that because of copyright laws and and all the rest.
0: But also, you said that you didn't want to learn the piano.
1: Yeah. So you initially suggested that I learn it. I said no because that one. would well, You take, do play the piano. Sorry. I do. You play, play the, the piano, piano, but you didn't want to learn this song. Yeah. Yeah. I just was this like, is a lot of I just thought. Well, I just thought also the recording of it, the logistics of getting the right, the sound getting right and. Anyway, but basically when we realized we didn't have a choice because of the the copyright uh, laws around using music in podcasts, I didn't have a choice. And also, I don't think I was gonna allow your choice either. I, yeah, I don't think you would have allowed me. So because
0: it's so beautiful, the idea that you play the piano of our intro song, yeah. and I just think that when you agree to do something, where possible, you should do it to the best of your ability yeah. and the highest of standards. Because I think the results normally speak for themselves when you put a lot of effort and love into something.
1: Yeah. So I learned. I learned the opening. Uh, the the opening few bars of the song I wish I knew how which is beautiful anyone should should listen to the full song with Nina Simone singing it's just amazing and it took me oh it only took me a couple of hours it's pretty easy but the cool thing now is that that's me playing our intro so I'm so stoked about that and it's a nice little touch and this is the first time we're actually sharing that that is the case so that is basically how Big Mistake came about, and I, how, so chicken. How are we feeling? We're a few episodes in. How are you? Are you? I'm happy? loving it. It's You're way better it? than I thought it was going to be. I knew it was going to be good. I knew
0: I was going to enjoy spending time with you. But I think interviewing the guests uh, the, very early on. I thought I, I've always meant to. I was always meant to be doing this. Wow. I'm just so interested in what they have to say. I love the stories um I love doing it with you everything is just perfect really yeah it works and it's just fun I think when you're having fun you forget about it yeah you're just so excited to meet another person or have these great conversations and we've been fortunate that quite a lot of the guests have been our friends so that's been amazing but even having our friends on they've actually shared things that we haven't known about them and shared stories and insights and the feedback has been really good so I think what we're doing
1: works and we just got to carry on It has been very fun. I think a couple of highlights for me was one being in Wellington and interviewing Christopher Tubbs that the whole trip that was attached to that episode was so memorable. Definitely Sir Michael Hill and just like picking him up from the airport. You need to post that video on our Instagram, by the way, of the, actually post it as a post. Okay. Because that's really funny. We were picking him from his, picking him up through his hotel, from his hotel So it's been a, I mean, so many, so many highlights. And just the
0: support. So not
1: only the guests that say
0: yes, um, but if you think about my dentist or other people in our lives who suggest guests and connect us. And I think that it's a real effort of everyone coming together to say, I'm listening to your podcast. I'm also recommending it to others. I also know this person that would be really good to be a guest. Let me introduce you. All of that is so magical and in a way that I hadn't expected.
1: Yes. Yeah, that that means a lot. And certainly I think when someone is willing to, and look, I think we do owe ourselves a bit of credit. I think it's a good podcast and we're, we're you know, we're reasonably good at what we do and we definitely aim to get better as time goes on as well, thanks to the, the feedback that's coming in. But I still feel like if anyone's willing to l- spend an hour of their own time, listings to something that we have produced i mean that is mm. so inc- mm. incredibly flattering and,
0: and our on and our friends as well that listen and then send us messages of feedback so or good. i'll be on a call with some of them and they've made notes oh my gosh to give feedback of how we can improve and get better amazing it's so good
1: amazing so now that we have shared a bit about the way the podcast the uh, how the podcast came about are we introducing ourselves? So we talk a bit about what we do? Yes. We'll keep it brief because yes. we don't want to bore people. Do you want to go first?
0: Sure. So m- my background was I, for many years, uh, was an insurance litigation lawyer. And what that means is I acted for insurers in New Zealand on large claims. So when a claim was too big to handle in-house for the insurer, they would farm it out to their panel law firms, I was one of the lawyers on the panel law firm. So I acted across all insurance matters and all insurance claims. And I did that for many years. And one of the common themes I discovered was that people weren't given a lot of advice in the early stages. And by the time they came to us, it was in full blown litigation. Mm. And I'd often think to myself, I wonder what their world would have looked like had they had really good advice from the beginning as opposed to finding out they didn't necessarily have the insurance Mm. cover they expected Mm. when it came to a massive claim. So I thought to myself, I will do something quite dramatic Leave law and become an insurance broker, specializing in professional indemnity, directors and officers insurance, any commercial insurance, fire in general. It's called, and that is what I have been doing for the last four years, four and a bit years.
1: You strike me as someone who feels v- on the on the things that you feel strongly about. You feel very strongly about. Yeah. And I feel like this is one of our differences because I tend to be relatively even-keeled and not getting too dispassionate about... Is that the right word? No, passionate. Passionate, yeah. What's dispassionate? Not interested. Not interested. Not to be confused with disinterested, which means impartial. That's a word people often um, make a mistake. For example, you want a disinterested umpire. You don't want an uninterested umpire. Anyway, whereas I tend to not get overly passionate about a whole lot of stuff, it's, I've always been quite envious of people like you who are yeah I, really... care, uh, I care deeply. You care deeply. Yeah, I just when I care. when I do... yeah no <laughs> when I jump on something yeah. I really care. Do you think of yourself as an empathetic person? In when I want to be yeah I I just wonder if it's linked with empathy because I'm I'm not an overly empathetic person. Right.
0: I'm I'm more empathetic since I've had a child. Okay. I've got better. Um, and it, You've got to want to be, though. Yeah. I just think that it's exhausting and you burn out if you're yeah. empathetic towards every oh, single person. But it's a trait that I do admire to a certain degree. I think yeah. you can just go too overboard on something. Yeah. But I think the point you were trying to make was that, yeah, I really care. I care about... Um, I, I think you care more when you see how wrong things have been So of all the years of working in insurance and seeing seeing, obviously how amazing insurance companies were when they paid out and they had their claims and everything worked how it was meant to be. But then you see the flip side as well. And to see that and witness it and to be around those directors or business owners who have built something and they don't have the confidence or the business resilience they thought they were going to by transferring their risk to an insurer it was definitely a big awakening and it wasn't just one moment it was a continual wow this is happening a lot it doesn't need to be this way i would really like to make a difference in this area Great. and and help people get some really good advice basically Great. around so you,
1: insurance so you moved. And, so have, I moved and when was that how long ago was that about four years ago Wow,
0: cool going good it's going way better than I thought amazing especially considering how disparaging um my family and a lot of my friends were at the time they weren't a fan at all I mean you're talking about a situation where I wanted to be a lawyer since I was 16 I did a I did an English law degree and then I had to transfer my qualifications and do a law degree again so that's two law degrees not everyone does two law degrees in their life um I then have to go through, I can't practice as a lawyer in New Zealand, so I start out as a secretary paralegal all those years back, so we're talking 17 years ago now, secretary paralegal, go through all of that, get qualified in New Zealand, and the people that have been in my life that time, they saw everything I went through, I've made it. I'm a lawyer in an amazing law firm, why do I want to throw all that away in their mind? Whereas I was saying, I actually think that this is a need that that there are plenty of lawyers out there in the world, but there aren't many lawyers who can say, I practised as an insurance litigator, I left and now I've become a broker because that's how much I care about making sure that there's really solid, good advice from the start and not just dealing with it at the end.
1: I guess, I, because initially I was thinking, it's always surprised me that people think that they can make judgment calls on what is best for a person. But I suspect where that... That criticism or questioning was coming from was a, a place of, we don't want you to get in, you know, a year, two years in and think, oh, I've made the wrong decision. I haven't thought this through. So maybe to them it seemed like a, no, it was a
0: status thing. I think, uh, I think okay. everyone likes to say, oh, my, my daughter is a lawyer uh, or, or my friend is a lawyer or all of these yeah. sorts of things. And I, my point now is that when I was a lawyer, um, I was only dealing with one tiny aspect oh. of that moment mm-hmm. in time. So if you're, if you're an employment lawyer, you deal with an employment share and, and purchase agreement and, and, and all of those different aspects of all the little facets of, of law... But now, as a broker, I actually deal with the whole business world and right. all of their risks. So, be, because this because insurance broker has got this sort of tarnish association, um, I, I because traditionally brokers haven't been very qualified or or ha- whatever's gone on with the whole industry. I think that that's wrong and it's a misconception because knowing what I knew as a lawyer and knowing what I know now oh. as a broker way more effort should go into picking a broker than it should to picking your lawyer whereas people will say oh my I'm with this law firm and this is my lawyer and take a lot of pride in that you need to take way more pride and way more attention to your broker because they are looking at everything not just one thing that's awesome and I try and explain that to my family Um, I think they get it now they see how happy I am and I definitely made the right decision and I love this way more than I loved being a lawyer but I would not be where I was without being a lawyer. Exactly. It gives you something extra. Exactly.
1: It certainly does. I can relate to that. My family still doesn't know what I do. <laughs> they, they, they're like, "You're a what? A um, you help uh, speaking uh, what?" So yeah, how did all that come about? That, well, yeah. I mean, I won't go into too much detail, other than I am the founder of a business called Naked Audience, which is a public speaking and presentation coaching consultancy I've been doing that for three and a half years prior to that I was in executive recruitment for a bit and then uh, look in all honesty because I'm still under 30 I didn't have a whole lot of corporate experience before I started my own business so that was an area that I felt not not anymore but certainly starting out I was aware that I was inexperienced and here I was coaching these top executives on how to speak confidently in front of an audience when I didn't even know a lot of the time what a real world uh, environment looked like where someone is presenting in front of the board you know what does it actually look like I don't know I've had enough clients now and have certainly enough experience under my belt that I'm very comfortable and confident in my abilities maybe that's something that everyone experiences but yeah, that's that's basically me in a nutshell, naked audience, public speaking, coaching. That's kind of my spiel, my shtick. I do want to go back to something you said earlier. What?
0: Which was you said that you're not a very passionate person, nor are you very empathetic. Correct. Where's that come from? What's that about?
1: Um, Things don't, so I don't tend to feel stress. I mean, I do physiologically, but I don't get stressed out. I don't get angry. I don't get. Oh, but I don't think those come with
0: passion. No, no, no. So I think all of those. I don't. Feel, I, don't feel, I feel very calm, most of the time. Most. Yeah, but things. No,
1: no, no, no. But you get up in arms about certain things. Oh, when there's a cause. When something's yeah. not right.
0: When something's unjust and not fair. You know all those sorts of things. Yeah, if there's I something that just isn't right. Correct. Then, yeah, I definitely want to change it. And I and feel that's coming back.
1: That's that goes back to me as a kid. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Personality-wise, I feel that, but not to the extent that. A lot of people do. I don't think. I mean, I get passionate about certain things, but I don't know. I I link it. What I link it with is my very even keeled, even steady headedness. Is it the phrase "steady head," even head, even keeled? You get it. What I mean. Wow, the words are really uh, beyond me today. So that when you meet me one day. I'm the same the next and the next week I don't I'm just very consistent so that the positives of that mean that I don't get down in the dumps and I don't get yeah. I think you're
0: you're confusing things because I can't remember a day when I haven't wanted to get out of bed or I've felt depressed or upset or if you know if I haven't been ill or something um I think it's just where I come from is that you choose something anything in your life that you feel strongly about. Yeah. It doesn't change who you are day to day. It doesn't change interactions and laughter and joy. It's just, I feel strongly about this. This gives me a sense of purpose. This is something I want to make a difference to and improve and oh, yeah. and make something different. Okay, well, I suppose in so, my professional life... So I one guess. of my sayings for, for a long time has been, leave everything better than when you found it. Mm. So I want this conversation to be better. I want the listeners to have a better experience than if they hadn't have listened yeah. to... Uh, garden, to make a garden more beautiful than it was before. All those sorts of things, like tiny little aspects of leaving something better than you found it before.
1: Yeah, no, I do. Now I think about it. There are certain topics that that I do get. I mean, even my work professionally, to be able to, that's something that I'm passionate, quote-unquote, about because I think it's highly important that leaders know how to communicate effectively so I guess you could say that's something
0: anyway and and empathy is I can relate to what you're saying
1: and imagine it um I think empathy also has a level of of care I know it's probably not in this the strictly the definition and I
0: go back to what I said before that it's this word that's just used really flippantly. Is mm-hmm. this as if to say like, we should be empathetic to everyone, mm-hmm. and and maybe we should. I I just have struggled to be empathetic to every single person in the world, and I think that's where where you're getting from as getting to as well. But people that are very important to me, family, friends, clients, I I do feel very empathetic towards them.
1: Okay, I've just found the definition of. Empathy versus sympathy, which I think is the is what a lot of people uh, get wrong, as they use yeah, those great. synonymously. So empathy involves feeling what someone else feels, mm. while sympathy doesn't. Mm. So putting yourself in their shoes. Correct. So when you say to me, uh, "I'm, uh, I'm, I'm," it's really tough at the moment with uh, bringing up my daughter. You know, it's 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 been a tough day. I don't say I'm empathetic towards you. I say... So I've got got the perfect example that you and I
0: nail, we're very good at, is that you and I are very inclusive of others. Yeah. Because I can imagine and relate to what it feels like to be rejected in any moment in time, be it it at school or when you're not included in something. Mm. I can absolutely relate to that no one can say that they've lived their life where someone hasn't picked them or hasn't included them or hasn't done something so I feel very empathetic everyone picks me
1: <laughs> I- I've never been excluded <laughs> oh! <laughs> Who doesn't say this I'm sort teasing. Of things, I'm, right? teasing right. I'm teasing. I'm right. teasing. Of so course. it's a I horrible just, feeling. Exactly. It's a horrible, horrible it is, feeling. It's one of the worst feelings.
0: I ever. totally agree. Yeah. So I will go out of my way to make yeah. sure people feel included and not left out yeah. because I can completely relate to that feeling, and I know
1: that you can relate to that feeling yeah, too. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Because we talked
0: about this a lot.
1: Yeah. It is. It is. It is a horrible feeling, and I've. I remember, you know what, I remember at school This is so bad I was a part of this group of friends That I think it was a catty time of year And there was this, this is so bad This is like a full confession here But that we would have been about, certainly, definitely younger than 10 And there was this girl that was slowly starting to kind of join our group of friends But the group of friends I was a part of and myself, I'm concluding myself in that, was like, mm, you know, she's not really part of the group. And they nominated me to be the one to tell her that. Wow. And being Miriam, I'm like, I'll do this because I'm the more confident one. I can I can handle the situation. And I went up to her. I was like, we don't, you know, we don't really want you hanging out with us anymore. And as soon, you know, when you when you're in, and I still remember what this was like, As soon as the words come out of your mouth, you instantly feel like you want to suck them in again. And it wasn't until I said it, paired with her reaction on her face, was the worst thing ever. And it's like, it was possibly the the meanest I've ever been in my life. I was about to say cruel. Yeah, it's cruel. Absolutely. And I remember, I think she either ran off and cried or she cried right there. I think maybe she just cried right there. And... I completely, I was remorseful as soon as it happened. And I said, oh, don't worry about it. We're just being silly. You know, come join us. And her comment was, like, her mum really wanted her to find some new friends, and like, find friends. And, yeah, and I think as kids we're particularly ruthless when it comes to that. Like, you're not our friend. Don't be join us. Or, you know, this is just something that we're doing. And I think kids can be a bit ruthless when it comes to that. But... Yeah, so anyway, to your back to your point about being inclusive. So that is where the empathy comes in. It's about recognizing that no one wants to feel like that and therefore always including people. And that would be a version of empathy. Whereas sympathy is like, I don't intellectually, I haven't been through what you've been through. So I, I I don't empathize, I don't empathize with giving birth to a child, but I certainly sympathize mm. that That must have been a really hard experience mm. for you and I, I'm, I would imagine that using the wrong language in that situation, oh like for instance, when people say, "I understand," you know, thinking twice before you say it, "You understand, you don't understand, you haven't given birth to a child, you don't know what it's like. So being careful about the language we use on on that interesting topic. Very interesting. Mm, mm. And I think
0: where we've landed, that you came out with quite a blunt statement, which was, I don't feel passionate, I don't feel overly empathetic, and I've hopefully given you some scenarios where you might be more empathetic than you've given yourself credit for.
1: Yeah, and more passionate f- f- on certain topics. And I, yeah, I do, I, on reflection now, I, I think about it and think, yeah, there are things. I guess I'm conflating being... Here we go again. Even-keeled, steady-headed. I don't know. <laughs> with with I think, passion. I think what you're getting at is that there
0: are very, there are people and they and they annoy me in the world that you never know who they're going to be. So you might meet up with them one day and think, oh, I had a great time with you. The next day, they're really angry or grumpy or moody or something.
1: And we might call that passionate.
0: It, or, yeah. or I wouldn't. I would just. Call, I know, but that's I, I what would. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I would question then a lot of, oh, this I had this great interaction with you. I mean certainly in my twenties I would have questioned it more than now, whereas now I'm just thinking, Oh, you had a good day and now you've got a bad day, it mm. doesn't really matter. But definitely you'd be questioning, wow, their personality is so up and down. I don't know the version of who I'm going to get. And mm. and as a general rule, those people are very exhausting to be mm. around. Yeah. Because you question a lot of it. Yes. Of of what you're saying, who you're going to be. Yes. Whereas it's far nicer just to walk into a room and say, I'm just gonna be me today Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not really going to question anything I about rem- being
1: around you. Yeah, I still remember when we were having quite a frank discussion about what was going to happen to the podcast when I'm overseas. And I thought any moment now, surely Anna is going to, like, lose her top. As in, like, lose... You get really angry that I'm like, that I just came out and said that my holiday is a priority for me. I'm not sure how we're going to make this work. You're going to have to do more of the work. I was fully. Oh, I you was, totally.
0: On on one call, just drop the
1: mic. You're like, Miriam out. Yeah, I guess I assumed, and again, that's a whole other thing, of, of is a topic of assumptions. But all I was getting at there was as soon as we had the conversation and we were just speaking matter of fact. You said something, and I remember clearly you laughed about something, and then we moved on. It was like, Yeah, so how's your day been? I was like, Oh, it's so good just to be able to talk very openly and frankly with someone and not be concerned about how they're going to respond or like whether you're going to get the good version of them or the bad version. And I didn't get angry at all. No, I know. We
0: just had this conversation where we just figured out a plan and we've got a great
1: plan. I think most people are emotionally. Charged Charged I think uh, And I stand by that Most people as in 50% Things People get Irked By things They get they, They've uh, well, You and I are unflappable That's what I'd probably say Yeah, yeah We're unflappable That's where we're going. Steadfast Steadfast That was steadfast. what I, That's what I'm trying to get Yeah steadfast A rock
0: Those are all yeah. terms That have been used I guess for both of us But certainly for me
1: So What a nice little Preamble that was uh, well, We didn't really talk much about our careers No, well I think this stuff is more interesting anyway Definitely So look, thank you for those of you that are, are listening We are really enjoying Big Mistake Please don't confuse my potential absence Well it won't be an absence The change of format is the fact that we're losing momentum That's not the case at all We're having to pivot And we get I'm... to hear
0: all these great stories about Europe
1: Yeah It's going to be fantastic Well I better do some crazy things So I've got some stories Please. to report are you going near Ibiza? No. Oh. No. But it's gonna be a can great you, trip.
0: You, can, you, can you avoid classical concerts?
1: at least no we've got three operas we've got three operas Stop books <laughs> booked. yeah i'm so excited. are they at
0: least operas in italy because i have been to an opera in italy two in italy one okay in Covent well Garden. that's kind of acceptable yeah. oh, oh amazing. Yeah, amazing yeah amazing yeah absolutely okay so it's gonna be fantastic
1: well, thank you to everyone that's been listening to big mistakes so far we love your feedback we love hearing what you've enjoyed about the podcast even what you've not do you think enjoyed we should
0: come up with one crazy activity that you should do we might have to think about this one crazy thing to do in Europe that completely pushes
1: your boundaries and limits that you wouldn't do. Yeah, as long as it's legal and doesn't involve public nudity, then I'm in. Sure, why not? I'm in. You've, you set, set the challenge. And when we check up next, maybe we talk about where we're up to on that challenge. Okay, love it. Cool. Peace out.